Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thanks for having me again. Today's topic, Bucky O'Hare, the short-lived animated series. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. This is a show that I remember very fondly. Not only did I watch and enjoy the animated series, I had the toys. I'm not just talking action figures. I'm talking vehicles. I had so much merchandise from this animated series, but it did originally start as a comic book, which I think that's where you first discovered the character. That's right. Um, you obviously are a lot more steeped in it than I am because it's a, it's a very curious proposition for me as a, a franchise. Like, I had the vaguest memories of getting the comics from the news agents. Um, at some point, I believe Marvel published them, but my memory of that is so hazy. I, I remember them being published by a group called Continuity Comics. I don't know if they were a division of Marvel or whether they were bought out by them or what the deal is, but I remember that logo very vividly and I remember getting them from the news agents long before the rise. This is before the rise of comic shops and the direct market. You had to get Bucky O'Hare through the news agents. That was my introduction to the character. I remember that more than the cartoons or the toys, although the toys are somewhat of a recollection for me. I love the toys. I was a, I was a big fan. I mean, this came out, originally the animated series came out in 91. 92 is mm -hmm. when we got it in the UK. This was big in the UK. I don't know what it was like here, but it was a really big show for us, and it only ran for one season. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. You guys were, were full bottle on it, whereas it was very... Un, relatively unknown here i like the comics were, were, were getting we're finding their way to news agents but i don't have much of a memory of a tv show being on on the, on the tv here right i mean i don't remember the comics at all but it was on cbbc so it was on the bbc in the uk like one of the biggest biggest channels reruns so that's why unknowingly i'd been watching like the first the only 13 episodes they ever made over and over, but I watch it like wow. almost every week. It's what it was like back then. We were a lot more limited compared to what we yeah. didn't have streaming services. But it's, yeah, I know. It's interesting that we're the other way around on this. So you came into it through the show. I came into it through the comics. So we, our introduction to the character was, was, you know, like was different, but we, but we came to the character in different ways, you know, it's interesting. And I was really surprised. Like for me, I think nineties. Bucky O'Hare screams 90s for me, but the character yeah. was originally created by Larry Hammer in the 1970s, and it was the mid 80s. Really? Yeah. Around Larry since Hammer. The yep. Around since the 70s, and he made his first appearance in an issue of Echoes of Future Past, which was at like 84, oh, 85. Wow. And then That's he got his own series. That, the title references X Men. And that's that's not the only um, connection there. Larry Hamer uh, was a pretty prolific writer on Wolverine for quite some time, alongside Adam Cupid on art. Right, and and didn't he also do GI Joe? I feel like he's got a GI Joe. Yep, yep. Connection. He has quite a yep, quite a well. tenured GI Joe run. That was right. for Dynamite, I think. Was it Dynamite? It was either Dynamite or it was it was, it was another publisher. I think it was IDW. They had the rights to G.I. Joe. They eventually got them off Marvel, I'm pretty sure. 
I know, but when he was doing it, that must have been eighties. I would say. Yeah. I don't think he would have been doing it by the time. Anyway, we don't need to get bogged down right, on just, who did what for GI Joe. I'm just incredulous that Larry Hamer is behind the creator, the inceptional creation of the character because I did not know that. I didn't yeah, know that no, it's, um, it's very impressive. I've got to be honest, I'm still undecided what to name this episode of the podcast. I purely know the show Bucky O'Hare. That's the you know, that's the cartoon, the action figures, it was all Bucky O'Hare. You watched the same episodes I did on YouTube. And the reason why we had to do that, this show isn't streaming anywhere. So we had to mm. go to YouTube where you could watch all 13 episodes of the season. But those mm. versions had the US title, which is Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars, which does offer a distinction from the comics, which were just called Bucky O'Hare, just like the UK show. Whereas in Canada, it was Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Menace. So I'm undecided. Do I do I lean I into Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars? In fact, I, know, I would say just I'm just going to make keep it Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, make it eponymous and just call it Bucky O'Hare. I'll but keep it, Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, it's weird because it, it it plays into my my own confusion with the character because for some stupid reason, I had it in my head that it tied into Battle Toads, and I thought Battle Toads had something to do with Bucky O'Hare because I have distinct memories of the frogs being in the comics, all the toads and then being in the comics. And I think the fact that it was subtitled in the US as the, what was it, the Toad Menace or the or the, the Toad, the I think you mentioned another title there. The Toad Menace in Canada, Toad Wars in the US. Toad Wars. Yeah, Toad Wars. I must have got that somehow extrapolated or confused or mixed up with Battletoads. And that's where the confusion lies for me. And that's why I probably associate Bucky O'Hare with Battletoads for some weird warped reason. I mean, I'd never thought that. So when you shared that with me and I sent you side-by-side comparisons, what toads mm. look like in both properties. Now you can see green. why. There, <laughs> but now you can see why there was that weird sort of um, misunderstanding of or, or whatever. I, I can see it. Whereas the one you're talking about, Battle Toads, they, the whole point or the reason why they were created in the first place was to cash in on fans of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like, look, yeah, amphibious toad versions of the Ninja Turtles <clears throat> in a video game. But Bucky O'Hare lends itself to that because we're we're still talking about anthropomorphic characters, you know, humanoid-looking animals. Yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, he's a green so, rabbit. And it gets more confusing because I don't know the name of the character, but there is a green rabbit in Star Wars in the comics wearing red. That looks a lot like Bucky O'Hare. Wow. It isn't. It's a it. green rabbit wearing red, but it's not Bucky O'Hare. Weird. But no, I, I do recall Bucky O'Hare to an extent because I remember the comic book covers. Specifically the song, man. The Bucky. Yeah. Captain Bucky O'Hare. Love yeah, it. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, <laughs> it's so the end of it, fun. Even though, it's a 90s, even though it's a 90s cartoon, the song screams 80s, especially that last it refrain, does. that last bit. Yeah. Yeah. It no, screams that's, 80s. Um, that's right. Well, the show was made with the intention of promoting the new Bucky O'Hare themed toy line. I got lots of Bucky O'Hare toys because of this animated series. But when plans for more toys fell through, the series was cancelled after only 13 episodes. So they'd already had a toy line. They were planning on releasing more toys and it just didn't happen because you look at kids programming. Mm. Toys. That's where the money yeah. is. Like, I mean, that's how 
that's how He-Man and the Masters of the Universe started off. It was a toy line before it was a, a cartoon and then later a comic book. Absolutely. Yeah, and then DC Comics, Marvel Comics put out comics of um, He-Man over the years. Now, I'll just run through this, right, because there is differences from the comics, and then we can get into get into the show proper. Most of the ideas from the comic book were used for the cartoon with several major differences. The parallel universe the story takes place in is named the Aniverse. Willie DeWitt can travel freely between Earth and the Aniverse instead of being stranded there. Bruce is transported into another dimension instead of killed. The Toad Empire are willingly following Complex instead of being brainwashed. Deadeye has a southern accent instead of a Scottish accent. There's a powerful mouse that is nowhere to be seen, and Jenny reveals her psionic powers to Willie Dewitt. The cartoon explored more of the universe and followed a loose unifying arc with Bucky's home planet of Warren being captured by the Toads in the season premiere and rescued in the finale, which interestingly was co-written by Neil Adams. Yes, that oh, Neil wow. Adams. That's awesome. Loving the comic book um, connections. Yeah, man. The, yeah, that's so many. Like a lot more than I, I even even knew. It was years ago that I came across the connection between Neil Adams and Bucky O'Hare, and I never knew. Like this was a thing that I'd I'd read Neil Adams Batman comics. I'd watch mm. Bucky O'Hare on TV, and I had no idea that they shared a connection. The, the two were the two were kind of uh, cross connected. Yeah. When you get to the finale, they really do put a big bow on it. It clearly wasn't going to be how they ended the season, but it got cancelled. At least they could end it. It was like, well, Bucky O'Hare saved the day. And that's it. That's the end of the show, folks. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. it. I mean, you kind you of know. wish they had. A, you kind of wish they had it ended on a cliffhanger, but then there was no season two, so. So not now, not now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. good that they knew. They must have known they were getting cancelled because they, they ended it the way that they that they did. The plot of the show, galactic hero Bucky O'Hare and his brave crew battle the Toads bent on conquering the universe. A young boy genius from the human universe joins Bucky's crew. Galactic hero Bucky O'Hare and his crew battle the evil Toads bent on conquering the universe. Very straightforward. Good guys, bad guys. There's a kid character. You know, the audience can see themselves on screen in Billy Dewitt. Yep. It's, it's a plot device. It's very well put together and just like memorable characters. You know, Deadeye, you know, with the multiple arms, the eye patch. It's yeah, the just, duck. It, it works, man. It really does work. He, he looked like Daffy Duck with like four arms. It was almost yeah. like the Spider-Man villain doppelganger, but a duck and it was Daffy. The, the show was developed by Roger Slifer. Among the many comic book series for which he wrote was DC's Omega Men for a run in the 80s, and he co-created the character of Lobo for DC. Wow, there you go. Impressive credentials. So he was working with Keith Giffen uh, in 83 on the comic Omega Men 3. That's where Lobo first appeared. And his mm. television credits include... G.I. Joe, Real American Hero in 85, nice. Robocop in 88. Honestly, I do miss nice. the times where an R-rated live-action movie would get a kid's cartoon. 
like to watch on <laughs> a Saturday morning. You know, you had Robocop, Rambo. They clearly had to dumb it down for kids, but yeah. Oh, they did, but it's it's just hilarious that they they did it back then. And saying that, there's a new um Terminator anime series coming to Netflix next year. So I don't nice. know if that's kind of you know the Saturday morning kids cartoon vibe. Yeah, but still still doing it. And then this show he did in 1991. A year later, he was working on My Little Pony Tales. Oh, there is another one. In 92 to 93, he did Conan the Adventurer. I used to watch that. Oh, wow. There you I used go. To watch that one. Spider-Man Unlimited in 2001. And he worked on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series in 2006. That's pretty cool. Yes, he's done quite a, quite a lot. So let's get on with it. We've got Bucky and his crew of members of the Space Organization, which stands for Sentient Protoplasm Against Colonial Encroachment. So there you go. That's space. Quite the, um, quite the um, involved and, uh, <laughs> an acronym there. Acronym, yeah. And we've got Bucky O'Hare, voiced by Jason Meekers, a green-haired captain a, of space. And he's got his ship, The Righteous Indignation. His voice does sound familiar. It does, but I don't know what else he's done, but he definitely, yeah, he definitely does sound... What that era of familiarity about, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But with, with the inspiration for the character, Lara Hamer drew it from Robin Hood. That's oh, what wow. he was looking to. He wanted to create a charismatic and heroic character who fights against injustice, just like the legendary Archer. Well, there you go. And Bucky is known for his iconic catchphrase, let's croak us some toads. <laughs> croak us some toads. I like it. And his crew consists of Jenny, voiced by Margot Pinvidic. First mate and pilot, a cat from the planet, Alibarian, with mysterious, magical, and psionic powers common to the females of her species. They include telepathy, astral projection, energy blasts, and healing. There you nice. go. Powerful, powerful character. We've got Bruce, voiced by Dale Wilson, Bruce's older brother, a Beetlejuicean berserker baboon who served <laughs> as the righteous indignation's engineer. He vanished oh, into another dimension wow. when the ship's photon accelerator malfunctioned during battle. So that's the difference I was talking about with the comics, where wow. he doesn't die, he gets transported. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize until this rewatch, you know, you've got the you know the character, the other. Beetlejuicean, and he's got his catchphrase of Ayuga. <laughs> My kid sister and I used to say that a lot to each other because of the show. Like it was just, yeah. Wow. I completely forgot about it until until doing the rewatch. And then you're like, that's where that's from. That's it. That's it. There's a there's a bad guy character who actually has a very familiar voice, and I almost thought it was Peter Cullen. I don't know who it is, but um one of the bad guys he's like in a big robot suit type thing and looking thing and he sounds almost like either megatron or optimus prime it's got that kind of vibe to it yeah right yeah and another character I be, yeah i could be way off but it just has that vibe to the voice 
Yeah, I'm trying to. See. Yeah, I'm right. Okay, yeah, I can't think. Um, and I'm just trying to look at blanking, but yeah, yeah. I and mean, we've got complex, which is you know like the, the robotic, you know, sounding character. Mm. You know, the undisputed rule of the Toad Empire. But you're you're talking. It's the purple armor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And he's got like yeah, a, right. a yellow emblem or an orange emblem on his chest. Yeah. Right. So I'm going through the villains here. It's a complex that was Long John Baldry. He was voicing him. We've got Jay Grazu as Toad Air Marshal. He's one of Complex's foremost commanders with a uniform adorned with medals and a face covered in warts. So he's one of your big ones. Toad Borg, voiced by Richard Newman. A large purple cyborg second in command under complex so that must be who you're there you talking about so it's uh richard yep. newman just a very distinct voice and i just thought i just mistook it for someone like peter cohen yeah no it's definitely definitely got that sound to it mm. yeah absolutely we've got willie i think i called him billy earlier willie jewett voiced by shane Meir. Engineer, a preteen human from San Francisco. So again, that's the audience on screen. You can see yourself in that character. I guess making it more kid friendly. They didn't have him be stranded. Yeah, it's, he it's, could a, go. it's a windowy. Yeah, it's a window for the audience. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You've got um, uh, voiced by Sam Cooth, AFC Blinky, an advanced uh, android first class. It only has one eye and uses the phrase calamity and woe to identify problem situations for Bucky and his crewmates. We've gone through a lot of the a lot of the villains. Oh, Bruiser voiced by Dale Wilson. Oh, that's interesting. So he voices both uh Beetlejuicians, what did I call them before? But the Berserker baboons. So those Beetlejuicean, obviously referencing the right. star. Yeah. Start referencing the star Beetlejuice. There we go. And then, so he's the one that has the, the catchphrase, Auga. Ah, good, <laughs> good fun. We've got Commander Dogstar, voiced by Gary Chalk, Bucky's ally, captain of the Indie Fageables. I don't know. It's, uh, it's all made up. <laughs> all these things are made up and tricky to say, to be fair. But, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting characters here. We've got. Uh, Al Negator, which is a fun-sounding character. Uh, he's a spy and mercenary, frequently hired by the Air Marshal. He dresses and speaks in a manner consistent to the Cajun people. So I'm thinking, you know, again, like a lot of these characters you can imagine fitting into the world of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, absolutely. They've got that uh, anthropomorphic thing going on again. That's it. And the... The tone of the show, it's it's darkly satirical in the in the vein of Robocop. So there's mm. you know, a connection there. And the story is a loose World War II allegory. So that's what they're that's what they're mm. going for. I'm not surprised when when, when you say that uh, to hear that because Larry Hamer loves to write about war. He loves to write about um, military ops and spec ops and psyops and stuff like that. And that was a theme that he really mined and explored with the Wolverine comics as well. And it's no surprise that he later went on to write G.I. Joe because of those things. Yeah, absolutely. The opening theme is by Doug Katsoros. I wasn't familiar with this guy, mm. although love the theme song to this. Oh, too. yeah, it's, it's catchy as hell, ain't it? 
1978, he played on Paul Stanley's debut album, followed by working on albums by Michael Bolton, Bon Jovi. You know, he's worked with heaps of people. He composed the opening themes for not just this show, but The Tick, as well as music for the movie Who Do I Gotta Kill? Starring Sandra Bullock. I think that's one of her lesser-known movies. It's a comedy from 94. So that would have been before she did Speed, which obviously she became big on the back of. Yeah, blew her up, yeah. Absolutely. It was like... Yeah, yeah. Well, she didn't get blown up. That was the... That was right. in '93. She did Demolition Man, '94 Speed, and this movie. Uh, Who do I got to kill? And then yeah, and then after Speed, she was huge. It's funny, like the soundtrack to this almost sounds like something you would have recorded onto a cassette as a kid and stuck in your Walkman and had that blasting out of your Walkman, just you know, rocking out to it, walking around thinking you were cool. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. You know, a lot of you know, kids' songs were catchy back then. Whereas, whether were, it's man. adult shows, kids' shows, it's more of just a title card now. They don't do yeah. like the big, you know, opening. It's not theme a big production number. Yeah, it's not a big, you know, kind of thing. It's not. A, it's not a big, huge, all-encompassing theme that makes you go, "Whoa, this kicks ass." What's this about? Yeah. Now I mentioned that I used to watch this on CBBC in the UK in 1992. Andy Peters, who is still a TV presenter, but in the early mm-hmm. 90s, he was primarily doing like kids' TV. Mm-hmm. So he played the intro sequence, which had the lyrics of the theme song appearing on screen so the viewers could sing along. And I've since gone back, after re-watching the episodes, yep. and watched a couple of these, where it's got him like singing along and it's fun. And, and this like it's going back to what I was saying before, where it was a big thing in the UK. You know, the animated yeah. series, the toys. So they were really putting time and effort into the show, even though it only ran for one it's season hard. across 13 episodes. But after this, I'll send you a link. It's All right. you know, it's you know, it was aimed at kids. It was 1992, awesome. but it's fun. Is it one it's- of those? One of those things where, like, with the sing-along, how they have the words at the bottom of the screen, and they have that little thing that bounces along the words so you can kind of keep track of, like, what's that's being it. sung. And, yeah. That's it. So, so you know, kids at home cool. could, um, could keep Sing-along and rock out. i got to admit, re-watching the show, the cartoon, uh, on YouTube has really made me yearn for the comics again. It's really made me crave the world of, of Bucky O'Hare again. And I, I wish, I don't know how, but I, I want to be able to somehow get a hold of the comics again. I don't know if you can still get, get them today or whether you have to go to like fairs and just be you know, collector fairs and just kind of find them by sheer luck or whether you can actually have them ordered in from your comic shop. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if there's any collections available. That might be the easiest way. You can that get might be, that's something we can do off air. We'll have to research this and look into it. Cause I would love to get a hold of some Bucky O'Hare comics again. Yeah. There's, I did find some that you could read digitally including that comic from the 80s where it was his first appearance not in his own comic yeah so you know there's there's places online where you can where you yeah that have to be i'm genuinely curious to want to get dive back into that world again because it was just watching the show really reignited the kind of or rekindled the kind of wonder as it that you feel as a kid when you first encounter this property you're like what the hell is this this is awesome 
Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't know how readily available they're going to be or how easy to find they're going to be because, again, this show isn't streaming anywhere. How many yeah. streaming services do we have? Lots. I know, right? Come it's on. Not available anywhere. I mean, you could go on Amazon and you could pick up, like, there's a Region 2 DVD set, like double disc. I think they put one out in the US as well. But mm-hmm. after its initial TV airing, Family Home Entertainment released all 13 episodes of the show on six VHS cassettes. Huh. So you can get them on VHS. And from That's memory, old school. Analog. Well, from memory, though, they didn't even come in plastic cases. They were those old cardboard ones where the VHS tape would yeah, slide out the bottom. Out. Oh, man, that, that out is the old school. Wow. It is. It is. So it's, you know, before we hit record, like, I, I messaged you and said, I wonder how many other podcasters are going to be reviewing Bucky O'Hare. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I said something like, I said something like scant few, very few. Yeah, like, I, it's such, I don't know. This is such it's, an obscure. It really it's is. So obscure. It's like, do you know what I liken it to? Bucky O'Hare feels like being in a record store and finding like obscure 80s like thrash metal or glam metal record in, in, the, in, in the vinyl section or in the CD section and just going, what is this precious gem? And getting it home and putting it on and going, wow, this is awesome. That's what it feels like. Even the comic book covers just scream like 80s, like heavy metal artwork. Like you're just like, wow, that's cool. I'm so glad that we're shining a spotlight on it and that we're reviewing it. Now, yeah. I, I agree, it is. It absolutely is a niche thing now. But I remember yeah. in 1992, watching the cartoon, having all the toys. For me, it was not niche. It was mainstream. It was like the biggest thing. But again, one season and it was over. Oh, man, that's that's an injustice right there. I wish we could we had the means to be able to kind of engineer the resurrection of it like let's put it out there to our listeners let's let's get people the drum up support for this or drum up interest for this again and let's get a movement happening where buck your heck and rise to the to the to the surface again so another show something. another show that came out a couple of years after buck your hair biker mice from mars can you remember that what was it again biker mice from mars biker mice from mars it rings a bell, but only very vaguely. That was, again, another big show that I watched on the back of this one. And then years later, it got revived for another animated series. There's been comic books. Recently, there was an announcement. Ryan Reynolds' production company, Maximum Effort, they're producing a revamp of Biker Mice oh, wow. from Mars. Wow. Maybe if that's a success, Ryan Reynolds can have a look at Bucky O'Hare. I mean, I, I, go, I doubt it, to be honest, because people just don't know it. People nowadays don't know it. But Ryan, had... if you're listening. Yeah, if you're <laughs> listening. Yep. Yeah. So Hopefully you enjoyed. Reynolds. Yeah. Um, look into resurrecting Bucky O'Hare, Ryan Reynolds. See what you can do with it. And so keep the theme song. Oh, please. Yeah, keep. Keep the theme song. Do it. <laughs> Keep the theme song. Well, okay, Absolutely. we've we've done it. We've actually we've had a conversation about Bucky O'Hare. 
And but uh, I'm genuinely excited and stoked that we have. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. It's um, it's fun. I know it's not your thing, but you know we've done a couple of episodes on Power Rangers, and we've done like you and I recently did Wolverine and the X Men. That was short lived as well. You know, cancelled after one. True. Always the good ones. One season. We've done Gargoyles. We've done Darkwing Duck. So I like that we're working our way through these 90s animated series. Because people think of the big ones, like X-Men 92, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, but they overlook these gems, these obscure gems. Absolutely. So let's let's rate this bad boy. Let's rate this bad boy. We will, but I just want to add this. I was doing prep. And I was watching an episode of Bucky O'Hare and my wife walked into the room and she looked at my screen and she just asked, what are you watching? And then left. What is that? <laughs> anyway, yes. So if you're going to rate Bucky O'Hare out of five. I'm coming in at a very solid and consistent three, which is a recommend. I would say it's worth your time to check out Bucky O'Hare. Um, for the uninitiated, you're in for a hell of a ride. For you know, long season fans, you'll dig it. It'll be a real nostalgic trip for you. Um, and you know, maybe just maybe, uh, it might bring around some new school fans who might revive, who might be be able to revive the franchise and, and put it up there again on a pedestal and get it noticed again. Yeah, a solid three for me. It's a fun jam, man. It's a fun time. It is. This recent viewing could even be my. First viewing since 92. It's a show that I watched, and again, I had the toys. And then all these years later, even though I don't have those toys anymore, I look back on them fondly. I think it's an example of the toys being better than the show. Mm. There's a lot to like, the colourful characters, you know, Deadeye and Bucky himself. and Jenny. And Jenny. You know, there's a lot of... A lot of fun characters and the toads, and it's very straightforward, good versus evil, but the toys are definitely better than the show. I'm gonna come in yeah. with you as it it is a recommend, and we both recommended it. It's a show definitely worth watching. And if you do want to watch it, unfortunately, outside of um, buying the DVDs online, if you want to watch YouTube. it online, YouTube is the way That's, to go. But all 13 episodes news. are are available, but it is a recommend. CS. Yeah. Three out of five. The good news is that it's free on YouTube to watch. So it's easily accessible for people. Absolutely. Well, that's it for our episode all about Bucky O'Hare. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me again, man. Always a pleasure, never a chore. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.